0: Oh, fucking having a cigarette. Whatever. Mm. Uh, cracked fresh beer. It's podcast day. Let's have some fucking fun. Oh, yeah. welcome to the jam room podcast folks how you all been this week hope you've had fun out there hope you've had a fucking wicked week with music there's been plenty of new shit out and about and we're gonna talk about some later on in the podcast but let's catch up first it's been a rough one um kind of wanted to do a little extra episode never really happened i was kind of just sitting doing fucking nothing uh for a good chunk of the week um uh, the wife uh, had to go uh, up to Broome uh, for a bit of business or whatever, uh, so I was left home alone for two or three nights. And uh, you know, that, that that sort of stuff sounds fun. Like, oh yeah, sick! I get the you know, I got the house myself. I can do whatever I uh, you know, I can always do whatever I want anyway. It's not much of a big deal. But you know, I cook. I cook every night for the wife and myself. Obviously, I'm the chef of the house. But uh, you know, it's becoming abundantly clear that if I did not have my wife, I would not take good care of myself, guys. I fucking wouldn't. So, gone for three nights, let's say, and I ate like shit. Just fucking Uber Eats every fucking night. And didn't touch the kitchen at all, <laughs> whatever. So, it's good to get back onto a bit of a regiment with some good food going on. So, it is what it is. But, yeah, it's always fun hanging out. I had these, like, grandiose visions in my mind, where I would like stay up late and like record a whole bunch of guitar shit and and get my head around some new song ideas and stuff for this uh, musical project that I got going on with Liam but uh, ended up just playing fucking Nintendo. Uh, So yeah, that's kind of what it is. I mean I got better at that. That's something, I guess. But I did not get around to all the recording that I wanted to do so I will try this week to do a little bit more. All that sort of shit. So yeah, it was one of those weird weeks. There's always a fucking weird week when, you know, your, your house is completely different for a little while. And it's very strange. Just being here alone with a dog, you know, and I talk a lot out loud to the dog and she fucking just, she's kind of like that kind of dog that um, is, you know, pretty smart. She's a pretty smart dog, little silhouette. Uh, so she tries to understand. So when I talk to her, like I can tell that she's desperate, To communicate back and understand what the fuck I'm saying. But obviously there's a limit to a dog's intelligence or whatever. But like she's got into this habit where it feels like she's trying to talk back sometimes. Like she's not barking because she wants something or groaning because she's upset about something. She literally does these weird like almost speech-like fucking responses sometimes. And I I don't know if you've got a dog like that where you like ask her a question. Just stupidly. Hey, what are you up to? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Dog can't answer you. But my dog's like fucking starting to try. It's adorable. Um, But it's kind of weird when she does that back. I cock my head the same way she does when she can't understand me. I cock my head and look back at her and try and, you know, raise my ears or whatever like a dog. So it's kind of weird. It's like fucking who's the dog who's the master now? Now I've got my dog trying to explain something to me that I don't understand. Fucking, yeah weird weird anyway my dogs getting old been looking at the fucking um uh the the refuge shelters around here in perth to try and pick up a another dog maybe as a companion for her in her twilight years of life or anything like that that'd be kind of cool give her a new lease on life and shit you know got a big heart so i want another dog and i've been seeing like these facebook posts that uh the dog shelters here in perth are kind of at capacity a lot of fucking assholes Um, are just sort of uh, over their dogs or whatever so they're given to these shelters these shelters like we can't take any more stop fucking trying to guilt trip us with threats of euthanization or stuff like that don't do it we're full and so I'm checking out these sites you know looking what dogs are fucking up for adoption or whatever unfortunately I'm not really in the market for a staffy or a bull mastiff and that's pretty much all they've got available there's so fucking many of them like Isn't it weird that people uh, give up staffies and not fucking labradoodles? Damn. Fucking, I want a labradoodle. (laughs) Nah, not really. That's a pretty bit of a shit dog. But um, anyway, there's nothing cool. Nothing that would really suit my dog and my house and all that sort of shit. But I'm looking for a new one. Uh, I don't know if I have to, like, buy a dog from a breeder or whatever and pay all that fucking money. Like, the money's not a fucking issue, but... Like, I don't know if there's another dog without a home. I'd rather take that one, rather take one of those free dogs with a little PTSD than a fucking um, brand new one that's about to get PSD based on the living conditions here at my house. Uh, but whatever, whatever. Fucking shout out to those shelters. If you're here in Perth and you fucking you've got room in your house and your heart for a fucking refuge dog and you don't mind a fucking Staffy, I mean I've got fucking young nieces and nephews and shit. I'm not gonna roll the dice on a fucking, um, you know, schizophrenic bull mastiff. If it was just the wife and I, yeah, I would, but you never know. I can't have that shit around kids and I want a dog that I can trust. So if you're in that position where you don't have young kids hanging around, fucking check out these shelters, get some of these dogs a fucking new home. Um, They deserve it, you know, it's not their fault that their owners are pieces of shit. It just is what it fucking is, guys. Uh, Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, my week. Yeah. Wife was away for a while. Fucking um, went out for a yacht race on Saturday, as we've been talking about. And guys, I'm happy to report, we actually finished the race this time. First race ever. We actually finished. And lo and behold, we didn't fucking come last. And by all accounts, we should definitely come last. We have the biggest, heaviest fucking boat in the fleet. Um, lowest category, brand new. We should have this handicap. We should we should be starting first. and We're not starting first because, you know, just like with any sport, it takes a, a couple of completed races to actually, f- like, figure out your handicap. There's a committee involved and all this wanky shit. Um, but we didn't come last. There was maybe 10 boats in our category. We came fifth right in the middle of the pack. Granted, three of those boats uh, below us, Got penalized heavily for doing some bullshit. I don't know. I'm figuring out all this stuff, guys. Like, I know nothing about sailing. Know nothing about sail races. uh, But the people that are on the boat kind of do. Actually, they know a hell of a lot. So I'm learning. I'm learning as we go. And these penalties are fucking harsh for these idiots that just, you know, they cross the start line a little bit early. That's it. And they get penalized like a fucking half hour for their whole race time or whatever. So we didn't come last even if you take away those penalties we still didn't come last which is amazing our boat's fucking 15 tons which is like five tons more than the next heaviest boat so yeah i think we did pretty fucking well it's cool it was fun there was actually some wind we'll do it again next week and see what the hell happens see if we can salvage the season and i don't want to talk to you guys too much about this sailing bullshit because it's kind of unrelatable right i'm just hanging out on a fucking boat doing nothing Well, I pull a rope every now and then. That's about it. Although, fucking... Yeah, I told you about the dramas fucking... Last week, didn't I? With that fucking whole pole falling overboard and bouncing off and me having to jump off the side of the boat and grab hold of a 15-foot fucking metal pole while it's dragging behind us. Um, I set my physio back like two fucking weeks because of this broken arm bullshit. You know, I'm not supposed to lift anything more than 10 kilos, let alone hold on to a fucking 15-foot metal pole dragging behind a, a yacht, but whatever. Adrenaline just kicks in sometimes, guys, and you just do what the fuck you think you should do. Anyway, let's fucking move on. Last episode, I mentioned we might fucking talk about the Alex Jones trial. I've been umming and arin about whether or not I wanted to get into this because sometimes I get into the conspiracy shit with you guys because I have a fucking wealth of knowledge of all this conspiracy stuff from a former life, past life, a couple of years ago. Um, no, nah. <laughs> kind of all my like, uh, early 20s and late teens it's kind of all dedicated to that shit. So we can, you know, fucking wade into these waters a little bit, I guess. I don't want to go too fucking far off the rails with a music podcast talking about fucking Alex Jones. Um, but, you know, it's a hot take economy. And that's what I do with this podcast. I give you my fucking, I throw my two cents in, which used to be two cents. It's now costing me four grand because of inflation. But I'm just going to throw my fucking two cents in. Uh, let's talk about this Alex Jones trial. Does anybody fucking know what's going on? Let me light this cigarette again because it went out. All right. So Alex Jones went off the rails a few years ago, many years ago, uh, fucking about this... Um, mass school shooting that happened in america at sandy hook right don't know where sandy hook is whatever don't really care i'm not an american whatever they seem to have mass shootings daily whatever doesn't really happen over here um but he went off fucking um sort of claiming that it was fake that this school shooting was uh a a false flag fucking orchestrated by the government, blah, 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 blah. He's obviously very wrong about that. And um, some people got butt hurt by it. And they sued the shit out of him. And they're suing the shit out of him. And it's been ongoing for like 10 years now. Now, full disclosure, guys, I like Alex Jones. I like him. I don't think he's a smart guy. In fact, he would be the first person to tell you that he's uh, he's kind of retarded. I mean, he says that on Joe Rogan's podcast. He is a bit of a retard. He's a fucking... Not very intelligent guy, but I don't think he's evil. I really don't think he's evil. I was a Prison Planet TV fucking InfoWars subscriber um, for a good couple of years back in mid-2000s, I guess. It's been well over 10, 15, 12 years, something like that, since I fucking um, watched InfoWars or anything like that. But I was a supporter. I used to enjoy it. It was cool having a subscription to a fucking. Uh, this was before. Um, this was before like a uh, Patreon existed where you could subscribe to podcasts. This was pre-podcasting and all that sort of shit. So where else are you going to get your fringy fucking um, conspiratorial fucking news from? Alex was the only game in town, right? And you're not fucking subscribing to just believe every piece of bullshit that's said. You're there to try and counteract the fucking mainstream narratives that are going on around you, right? Because they are just as extreme, guys. We all have to realize that. What's going on on fucking MSNBC or CNN is just as extreme as and inflammatory as what Alex was doing for the other side. He was just calling it all bullshit. And so let's just talk about Alex for a little bit. Alex Jones, if you know nothing about the guy... um. I don't know where I should send you to start, but like he's a fucking lunatic, uh, but he's got a good heart and he's a patriot and he just fucking he, he wants freedom in America and he wants to look through all this bullshit. And this is a guy that's been fucking looking into the the other side of the story from the get-go, right? So whatever bullshit narrative, potentially bullshit narrative, um, is spouted by the mainstream media, he's there to sort of go, I don't know about that. And he, he has the documents, right? And so it's not really him and his opinions. I mean, his opinions are based on, obviously, the facts that he's presented with. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. Um, but he doesn't seem like he's going out of his way to fuck over people. He doesn't seem like that. And... If you have a bit of a history with Alex Jones, you kind of realize that he's right a scary amount of times, right? So whatever we've been told on the news and all that sort of shit, many times Alex has told a fucking different story and that ended up being the true story. So framing it like that, Alex has kind of fucked himself. He's kind of fucked himself because he's, He's gotten so deep into this world of not being able to trust information that he has no idea what truth is anymore, right? It's this cognitive dissonance, right? He, he, he has no fucking idea anymore um, because he's been lied to so many fucking times and he's right to be in that position because he's called bullshit on a bunch of things that like that have turned out to be absolutely true, like fucking Bohemian Grove and a whole bunch of other shit. Alex was right there fucking calling it out. Everyone was calling him crazy. Turns out he was right. He's been right about so many fucking things. This thing he was wrong about. He was wrong about the fucking Sandy Hook thing. Apparently. Eh, eh, whatever. I'm not going to get fucking sued here, guys. (laughs) I'm trying not to. But, you know. Actually, whatever. It might do something good for the podcast. might get a little bit more fucking numbers on my subscriber count or whatever. But he fucking went off about this Sandy Hook thing saying it was staged, it was fake, they were crisis actors, all this sort of shit. Um, and he's, he's getting sued for it, right? And so where do we go with this controversy? Okay. Uh, so the trial's been going on. It's finished a couple of weeks ago. The verdict came in and he's been ordered to pay fucking nearly $50 million. $50 million USD dollars. Uh, as part of this fucking lawsuit. He has to pay that sort of shit. Don't know if he has that money. He's claiming he doesn't have that money. He's filing bankruptcy and all that sort of shit. But, you know, he's got fucking, I don't know, dodgy lawyers working for him (laughs) and stuff like that, right? Um, But I don't know. The whole basis of the lawsuit seems to be like a bit of a free speechy kind of thing. Because Alex himself didn't attack anybody. He didn't assault anybody. He didn't mention anybody by name, whatever. He just sort of spouted out his fucking opinion on his show. And his opinion was that this whole thing's bullshit and the parents are fucking acting and they're fucking lying and blah, 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 blah. Which has happened before and he was right, okay? So in this one, he just happened to be wrong with, but you know, why should he believe the mainstream narrative? He's the kind of guy that fucking points out that there isn't a wolf, right? So in his fucking world, The mainstream media has cried wolf way too many times, so there's no way he can believe them straight off the bat. So he didn't happen to be wrong on this case, right? And so the parents are upset because other people that listen to Alex Jones have fucked with them and made their life kind of hard. I don't really know. And I don't know if I believe that either. So Alex Jones fans, so people that listen to whatever the fuck he's spouting, have actively apparently made these people's life fucking horrendous over the last 10 years or some shit like that. They're upset that he's there profiting off their children's death. Meanwhile, they want to as well. Uh, just saying. I mean, the only way they can really profit off their uh, their child's death is to sue Alex Jones. So that's what they did. Uh, it's a terrible thing to say, but it's kind of what's happening. Right? Um... So they're suing Alex Jones, but they're not going after the people that are actually fucking doing it. So this is this is where I, like, I, I have to sort of throw in some things. One, I'm a fucking free speech absolutist, pretty much, right? Pretty much. I don't really hold any lines on, on anything to be not allowed to be said. I don't say fucking anything should be banned. You're allowed to say whatever the fuck you want, and it's up to other individuals to fucking decide what they should do about your nonsense, right? The same way I've always approached Alex Jones. Like, as a Alex Jones supporter and subscriber back in the day, I laughed at most of it, most of it. It was entertainment more than it was just actual factual news, but every now and then you'd be like, hey, that's fucking interesting, I'll look into that. But if you're changing your moral compass based on what Alex Jones fucking says, you're a retard, you should get in trouble, right? That's what it is. That's what it is. But they're not going after those people that actually made their life hard. They're going after the person that apparently sparked it, right? So one of these, uh, the father of this child um, that was tragically killed in this fucking horrific event, um, saying that people were driving by, yelling Alex Jones, blah, 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 blah. And I don't fucking know why that's even in this court case, because, you know, that seems like you've got a problem with these people, you know? If I went ahead and fucking committed a crime, like a, like a, an actual crime, like actually assaulted someone or fucking vandalized their property or whatever, and I screamed out uh, Joe Biden at the same time, does that mean that they sue Joe Biden and not me? Because I thought it was because of what Joe Biden wanted to do? I don't know. Don't know. Of course fucking not, Right. Individuals are responsible for their own fucking actions and all that sort of shit. But uh, in this weird fucking world that we're living in at the moment, it seems that no one's really responsible for their actions. It's the the thought process and the zeitgeist and someone else told me to do it. Everyone wants to fucking blame someone else. It's like, I only did it because this guy on the internet told me to. So he's actually the real problem, not me, right? I mean, it's crazy to bend your moral compass um, because of what some fucking, I mean, look at Alex Jones. I don't even know how to describe him, but, you know, some like brick man fucking Texas patriot fucking screaming from the top of his lungs kind of guy. If, If that's the intellect you're looking for to fucking change your moral compass, you should go to jail, not Alex. Because he's fucking just an adorable fucking idiot, and he's sometimes right, and he's entertaining as fuck, whatever. But apparently, that's what's wrong with this whole fucking case. And like I said before, Alex always seems to have the documents and shit. I don't think he forms opinions based on nothing. So there would be something that he's reporting on that is, yeah... Incorrect, incorrect, absolutely. And so he's getting in trouble for reporting on and making opinions about incorrect information he was given, right? That's all of news, isn't it? Like what if the fucking shit that like the CNN anchor reports on, someone's given him the thing and a teleprompter and said, say this on air, say this on air, right? They say it on air, happens to be wrong. Are you allowed to sue that fucking anchor? Are you allowed to sue that TV personality? Because that's all Alex Jones is, is a TV personality, right? Well, not even TV, a fucking fringe internet streaming service personality that you have to buy into. So it's even worse for the news guy to be doing it because that gets fucking airtime on your TV, regardless of whether you wanted it or not. You just might happen to have the TV on, news headlines come up and they can spout lies to you. Alex Jones's lies only come to you if you go searching for them right there's a little bit difference i don't fucking know but there is a big difference between fucking being the liar and being the person reporting the lies and forming an opinion on a report that is potentially false right and i don't fucking get it like alex can't be fucking responsible for what other people do given his fucking tv show or whatever show internet show right other people might take that information, act however the fuck they want and do whatever bullshit they need to do. And yet he's the one getting sued for it, not the individuals making those choices. Adult individuals, I might add, right? It's like, what the fuck happened a, f- a few years ago with the fucking Black Lives Matters protests? How they started burning down whole fucking stores and they took control of a whole fucking city block or some shit. Full vigilante, full violence, full fucking craziness who the fuck is suing the Black Lives Matter um, people? Like the head organisers. Are they not getting sued for the action? Oh, no, it's because those individuals are responsible for their actions. So it it helps when it's uh, of a left agenda. It's not good when it's a right agenda. Just have to say it because there's obvious hypocrisy with this sort of bullshit. Um, But anyway, lies are lies. There's a difference between a fucking guy like Alex Jones, who's just a guy with a fucking internet platform. That's it. Lots of people like him because he's been right so many fucking times. So he doesn't even know what's right or wrong or true or false anymore because he can't. There's no way he can navigate truth in the fucking world that he's uh, embedded himself in, right? You know? I mean, look at the fucking... Like, there's a big difference between him and, like, actual government officials, for instance, right? So actual government officials lie all the fucking time, right? Like I have, I, have, I have a friend who's lost his job because of the vaccine mandates that our premier put in place, right? Based on health advice, which we know was impossible to have. The safety of the vaccine that he was mandating was not known and Pfizer had told the health authorities that we're not going to let you know for like 70 years yet they lied and said it was definitely safe when they couldn't possibly know that. And now I've got a buddy who's fucking lost his job and is living in a fucking yurt with his wife and two kids still. Right. But he can't sue Mark McGowan, but there's a big difference between him being a fucking elected premier and lying and fucking really harming people's lives or Alex Jones just fucking, you know, pontificating that this thing might be fake because there's so many red flags going off here and there, and I just don't buy the story. I'm confused, whatever. Seems like I'm fucking softballing Alex Jones. It wasn't right what Alex did, but he's allowed to say what he says, and he didn't act on anything. He didn't actually go and fucking abuse these people. He didn't. Other people did, and he got blamed for it. So it, it is what it fucking is. So. I don't really know. We could we could talk for a long time about this fucking case, guys. Um, and I don't really know. I don't think we should. Maybe another time. Ah, I said that last time. Let's just fucking finish it off. Look, look, look at the actual case. It's not as bad as it seems. And they're trying to make it out like Alex Jones is getting sunk. He was for, ordered to pay uh, these people, um, the parents of this particular child that was killed. And there was like 20-something kids killed. So I don't know if he's uh, uh, able to pay all of them. But these guys are the first to go get the money because they're you know they're certainly not in it for the money apparently right so they got uh 4.1 mil and then punitive damages were charged to alex of 45 million dollars usd right um it's not going to happen guys but isn't it weird that that's what the fucking media is telling you alex jones forced to pay 45 million dollars or whatever it's impossible. He's not going to pay that. He's not going to pay that. And I'll tell you why. I will tell you why. Punitive damages are not going to the plaintiff, right? So the parents of this kid, they're getting their 4 million or whatever. And the 45 million, that's punitive. So that's punishment, right? So that's a kind of um, order that the judge will, will give to Alex that you got to pay this money just to punish you for what you did, to make sure that no one else does it as well, to set a precedent, right? Just to send a message to the community that you better not, um, I guess, uh, question things or you know whatever, or have a big enough audience that some people in your audience might be crazy. That's kind of it. They're trying to let everyone know that it's dangerous if you get an audience that's so big that might happen to have some psychopaths part of it because then you're blamed for what the fuck these psychopaths do, right? So remember to like and subscribe to this podcast. We kind of want to grow the audience a little bit so I can get to the counselable fucking point, because nothing I say makes a difference right now here on this podcast. It'd be nice to have some repercussions for the bullshit I, I expouse here. It might make me a better person. You never fucking know, right? So the punitive damages, that's just sheer punishment. Um, but there are laws in Texas, and... <laughs> this should be on the news, right? First of all, it wasn't a unanimous decision from the jury to award this. Two of the jurors did not agree to it, right? Cool. Even if there was a unanimous decision, there is also a law in in Texas that fucking those punitive damages cannot exceed seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. But they do not tell that to the jury. The jury says whatever they think the punitive damages should be. And the judge will just reduce it down to that, right? To 750K. So that's it. At most, that's what he would pay if it was unanimous. And it wasn't. So I doubt this 45 million, I doubt a cent of it would really get paid because of the laws in Texas. That's just what it fucking is. And I know Alex made a whole fucking shit show of this trial. He lied. His lawyers fucked up and sent an entire copy of his cell phone from the last two years to the other team. Right? They fucked up royally. Not just fucking his entire cell phone contents. It was like 300 gigabytes worth of shit that they accidentally sent to the other guys. So (laughs) it's fucking wild. Alex is a retard. But he shouldn't be punished like this just to fucking... What what, what kind of message are you sending to the world? That you're not allowed to question shit or that you can't have a big enough audience that if you do question shit, you're going to have some asshole retards part of your audience that are going to act on it, right? I don't think at any point Alex said on his show, you guys out there, if you're listening to this, go do something about it, please. And even then, that goes back to this bending of the moral compass thing Who the fuck would actually do that? You know, if you bend your moral compass based on what you think is the best information, albeit wrong or whatever, you kind of know that it's a gamble and you might not be right. hey? And if you happen to be wrong, you should suffer the consequences, not blame the person. Right? I don't fucking know, but it is what it is. So they're not gonna really charge him 50 million dollars or whatever, but he's got a whole bunch of other lawsuits coming up in the future. So he's doing all bankruptcy fucking filings and trying to get chapter whatever fucking protection, chapter 11, is that it? I don't know, whatever. I like Alex. I think he's funny. I think he's um, bombastic. I want the world to exist in the future with characters like that in it still. Because his heart's in the right place. I don't know, guys. Am, am I completely fucking off with this? As someone that's like kept in touch or like you know dabbled in Alex Jones over fucking years and years and years, I really don't think he's evil. I think his heart's in the right fucking place. I think he's bombastic and dumb sometimes. Ah, but that shouldn't fucking land you in this kind of hot water. That's that's kind of fucked up. But whatever. All right, we fucking. Talked a little bit about it. Probably too long about it. I do apologize for that. Alex. Eh. Yeah, whatever. the oh, fuck ever. We got music to talk about. Let's get into things, guys. Alright. New albums. Oh shit. Hold a second, guys. Fuck. Wait. Nah, just... fuck Oh shit. I'm falling over. Oh god nearly stacked it off my fucking bar stool, I dropped my cigarette and nearly set fire to my rug. I'm so surprised that hasn't happened already because this rug's underneath me and I fucking ash over this thing all the time. You can barely tell it's a rug. And it hasn't set on fire yet, but it nearly did. But I rescued it, so I'm back. So, music for this week, guys. Uh, Where do we start? Let's start with a little EP from a little Australian band that we talked about before called Telenova. They're pretty fucking cool. I really dig the vocals. Really nice. Um, And they've got a new little EP out uh, called Stained Glass Love. Don't really know what that means, Stained Glass Love. Maybe it's... I don't know. Maybe one of the band members got a new really cool bong that everybody loves and it inspired the EP. Because, you know... I don't know about you guys, but if you've uh, ever smoked some bongs and tried to make some music, it kind of helps sometimes, right? Right. Making music sober is kind of a a bit of a drag sometimes, but Telenova Stained Glass Love. Uh, It only comes in at like 20 minutes long. It's a little EP. I like it. It's very groovy. It's Dull set, nice vocals, wicked melodies, good production. Like, what else do you want? It's a casual little EP, so it's a good little addition um, to their discography, right? I recommend you check it out. And uh, people are disputing whether or not Telenova are even Australian, but, like, at least a couple of members are completely Australian. Maybe one of them is part Australian or whatever. Like, when I hear this stuff, like... (laughs) Because it's a new album, I'm I'm hearing a little bit of radio play here and there. And then that's what they talk about on the radio is whether or not they might be Australian. Who the fuck cares? It's a good album. I mean, I'm kind of over fucking saying where a band is from. I mean, I'll say where a band is from just because it's, you know, part of the band and whatever. But there should be no point of pride. There should be no point of pride. Just because a band is Australian doesn't mean Australia is fucking cooler. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) actually, we've got to talk about another Australian band as well. And I will mention they're Australian. But for now, Stained Glass Love by Telenova is a great little EP. Y'all should go check it out. Um, It's on the lighter side. It's definitely not heavy. You know me, I've got a bit of a heavy bent. Um, But I do enjoy my fucking little casual, groovy little tracks. And this definitely ticks those boxes. Check it out moving on because this next one is certainly not groovy and i kind of don't recommend listening to it uh well listen to it if i could see what i mean but um this is a band called the chats the chats they're out of uh queensland right in australia and uh they got a new album out uh called get fucked and the chats are like I don't know, like bogan punk rock. Like they're kind of Ramonesy, kind of that sort of like sex pistol like just shithouse punk rock. I call it shithouse punk rock because it's like intentionally shithouse. Stupidly simple riffs, stupidly like, like yelled vocals with no real um, consideration of melody or anything like that. It's just fucking just, it's anarchy. It's crazy. And this album is definitely that. And I'll be lying to you guys if I said I got through the whole thing. I got through most of it. But after a while I was like, yeah, I fucking enough's enough. I fucking get it. It's just they they describe it as shed rock. Shed rock. So they're even trying to downgrade themselves from punk rock. Like because punk rock was at least like rebelling against something ideological, right? Um shed rock, uh, I don't know. What the hell do you say about shed rock? It's just like, oh, yeah, shed's are shit and rock and roll. So I guess it's like a shitty, tinny rock music. And they kind of nailed it with that decision. to call it that because uh, I, I would agree. They're, they're not singing about deep and meaningful ideological fucking things or, you know, God save the queen or things like that. They're not challenging... The higher-ups, really. They're just talking about uh, the... Oh, I guess they're kind of complaining and... I don't know, maybe sometimes just promoting just the sort of the minutia of fucking Bogan life. So there's a song about a cool car in there, a six-litre GTR, And that's like the whole song is just about how cool this fucking car is, right? There's another song on that album that's just um, complaining about the price of cigarettes, uh, which they call durries. I don't know where else in the world calls cigarettes durries. Um, but we do. They're called durries in certain circles of of Australia. You refer to cigarettes as durries and um, they're pretty pissed off about the price of them because if you didn't know, I'm pissed off about the price of them as well. Uh, Not enough to write a fucking song about, but, you know, a 25 pack of cigarettes that I have in front of me right here is like 45 bucks. Yeah. So they even mentioned the price of cigarettes in the fucking, in the chats. And hopefully, that riles up people to do something about it right and there's going to be a whole lot of people going like you know what yeah fuck the price of durries let's protest let's riot blah 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 and all of a sudden the chats are going to get sued right because they're responsible for it because they promoted a disdain for the price of durries in one of their songs and so anybody else that goes out and commits crimes in the name of durry prices can absolutely just blame the chats guys the precedent's been set with alex jones he took a he's like jesus himself and took a fucking nail on the cross for all of us right (laughs) all right alex isn't jesus let's move on so the chats it's a it's a shithouse fucking like intentionally shithouse fucking album and go, go go check it out if you're into that sort of like uh real rough edge fucking punky rock sort of yelling about shit sort of stuff, then you're gonna find a home with this album and it'll be part of your playlist from now on. So check it out, check it out so you know how right I am about the shed rock shitty thing. And also if you're interested about their complaints of the price of cigarettes, um, check out the song. I think it might have the name Durries in the title. I don't know, I didn't write it down. Sorry about that. Yeah, what else have we got to do with, oh, uh, well, there is a fucking Wicked album that we, we will get onto in a second here, but I did see, and I'm going to open up my iPad here because I thought we could listen to this one together, I haven't checked it out yet, um, this is a song that came out uh, from the, a band called The National um, with Bon Iver, or Bon Iver, however you want to pronounce it, um, Tomato Tomato. Uh bon it means good winter. We should just call him good winter from now on, right? Because he ain't French, but he's got a French name. But, you know, nothing wrong with that. Do whatever the fuck you want with your band names. Let's face it, band names are kind of stupid anyway. And it's even more stupid to give yourself a fucking band name when you're not even a band, you're a single artist. You're a solo artist. Just fucking use your name, man. You've already got a name. But I want to be known as Bon Iver. Okay, cool. Good luck with your French crowd. Anyway, The National, know nothing really about this band. Uh, bon Ivor, big fan of, loved some of his older shit. Um, we have talked about some releases he did, uh, I want to say almost a year ago now. Um, and I was kind of underwhelmed with its simplicity. So we'll see what happens with this one. Let's check it out, guys. It's a new song. It's called Weird Goodbyes by The National and Bon Ivor. Let's try and pipe this in. Kind of looking forward to this because I haven't heard much from him for a while. Let's see. Okay. Should I bring that up a little bit more? Ooh. Okay. Alrighty. <laughs> memorize the bass water. Memorize All right. the air. All right. I just, just got to stop there. <laughs> I have to pause it right fucking there. Um. <sighs> loved that voice when it came in jesus christ that was sick um but the chords the chords first of all love that tone of the of um the keys there it's that real sort of you know stuck down the the high end sort of shit right um but uh i think chord progression's a little bit familiar isn't it guys Ah, let me have a sip of beer let me grab your guitar. what are we talking about uh let me let me, let me rewind that. Let's, let's start that again. I'm, I'm going to try and f- see what's going on with this chord progression because <laughs> it should be familiar to all of you guys. All right. All right. We go? All right, okay. Cheers. So let's just talk about this chord progression straight away because it's kind of bugging me. God damn it, he's done it again. He's kept it fucking super simple. Um, he's put this song in the key of... I want to say D-flat, but I don't think that's the real key center. Let me find a caper here. Um, all right. I don't know if you guys can hear the, the guitar at all because um, I have a microphone in my mouth and not near my guitar. My guitar's not plugged in. I'm sorry. But basically, um, you guys might uh, remember a little while ago I was talking about like um, very common chord progression, stupidly simple stuff like... Um, if you know anything about music, you know probably the most common chord progression in the world is what they call a one, five, six, four progression, right? Uh, which would sort of be like this chord, like a, here's a one, here's a five, six, four. And that's like a million songs, right? I'm gonna hold my guitar up, see if you guys can fucking hear them. Right. So they like, fucking, any song like, I come from the land down under, <laughs> can't the love tonight. All right. So it's, it's an axis progression. It's like the fucking most common chord progression in the world. I think all he's done for this song is instead of going a one, five, six, four, he's used the same chords. But he started on the four, uh, then six, then one, and then the five. Something like that, right? I'm pretty sure that's it. So it's the same chord. So he's starting on the four chord. So you could say it's in Lydian, I guess. Um, but let's, is, is, that, is that the chord? A-Y. Here we go. Memorize the air. vocals was sick though, eh? I hard. Hard. Oh man, he's low, he's going low. Hard. Like throwing time. Sweet life. Oh, he's harmonizing. Notes that I normally get harmonized. It's totally a his thing. All right. All right, we're back. Fuck. Okay, so I I paused it for a second there, but I accidentally fucking stopped my recording at the same time. So those harmonies that he's doing there with his voice... Um they're not predictable harmonies. That like li- listen to what's going on there, like they sound amazing. I don't know why I don't try hard Oh, that's cool. I dig it. I mean going down so strange water move forward now. Oh we got some change. Can't turn around i can't follow you your coat's in my car i guess you forgot it all oh, these details the detail in the voice oh wow it finally hits me a miles drive all i skies leaking the windshield's cry. i'm feeling sacred the soul is stripped. It painful The words are clear. The grief it gets me the we're goodbyes My car is creeping I think it's dying I'm crying all right. oh, my cortex for long that time until it heals I'm on a shoulder of lemon fear That. You can hear a little guitar in the background there, you hear that? Bringing down a little before, bit in the mix. Don't need to be blasting you guys in the face with it. Ooh, a drum fill I'm for the first time. You. If you want to call it that. Didn't know how sad to be. Memorize a bathwater. Memorise the, air. Memorize the bath wa- Wait, wait, oh, wait Did he just say Memorise the bath water Memorise the air? Alright Well now I'm fucking confused See, Names on the door frames Edges names and Names on door frames Handprints in concrete At the softer stages I understand I hands Handprints in concrete oh, we've all done that never memorised fucking bathwater before. Unless you're a fan of fucking like Belle Delphine or something like that, you don't know anything about bathwater. Move forward now, there's nothing to do, can't turn around, and I can't follow you. You're in cool my car, right? guess you forgot it things we let go It finally hits me A miles dry The sky is leaking My windshield's crying I'm feeling sick. The sky is leaking My windshield's crying I think That's kind of cool imagery I like that I tell you what I'm kinda open this chord progression that's it okie dokie okie dokie all right a lot to like about that there's a lot to like this okay i really dug the whole fucking vibe of it like um those really uh high tinny you guys would have maybe heard them in there uh sort of like those sparkly sort of shimmers that were going on in that high register towards the end of the song um that was really really cool because it's contrasting with. Uh, like the sort of range that he's singing in, which was like way down here, right? He he was kind of hitting that low, like uh, talk singing sort of area. Fucking really worked well with that super high extension of the range up top there, right? I like that. I like that. Um, What I didn't like uh, was um, obviously uh, that chord progression because it's, silly it's so obvious but you know there's something to be learned from that guys there was nothing super interesting about that drum beat you've heard that drum beat a million times um you've heard that chord progression a million fucking times it's the same chord progression that's been in like every fucking pop song for the last 10-15 years um oh what well, they switched a couple of songs around right instead of one five six four he does a four six one five congratulations cool how about a new chord there buddy nah Stuck to something we all know and is familiar, and that's what fucking sells. So you hear this song, it's got a familiarity to it, um, but then all the, all the shit that makes the song unique is all about like the fucking the production, the texture, the embellishments, like the tone, and the lyrics, and, and, and the vocals over the top, right? So the kind of like, like mechanically, like just sheer mechanics of the song, nothing interesting, interesting at all, except for the harmonies that he was doing because they were kind of interesting notes that he was harmonizing, right? Um, so musically, nothing that interesting. So, like, all of the magic is in the tone and in the delivery and in the production and stuff like that. And that's really fucking cool, because there's still heaps to be done just with those simple soundscapes of, like, the quality of the sound rather than the actual note choices and stuff like that. I don't know. I didn't mind it. Weird Goodbyes was the name of that song uh, by The National, featuring Bon Iver. Boniver, bon Iver. Good Winter, or uh, whatever. I didn't mind that at all. What do you guys think of that? That was all right. I mean, it's kind of—I don't know wh- where this fits in my life. Would be on like one of those casual, cool playlists that kind of um, you put on, but no one listens to. You know what I mean? But they set a good tone, so it's a good tone setter. I kind of like that. Anyway. That's kind of if. Oh no, it's not it for fucking music reviews. That's the big one I've been waiting for to the end. Fucking, we talked last week about Russian Circles. They released a new song um, and I, you know, pointed out some similarities between Russian Circles and the work Liam and I seem to fucking um, come up with. Because uh, uh, they kind of sound like Liam and I jamming um, quite a lot. And I fucking love that because, you know, it's not like one's copying the other. There's no way fucking Russian circles know who we are. And up until recently, I had no idea who the fuck Russian circles were. I say recently, but probably four or five years ago. Yeah, maybe four or five years ago, I became aware of Russian circles. But um, we definitely had a good history of jamming well before that. And our sound was yeah, kind of uncanny in its similarities to, um, to Russian circles. All by mistake. Just sheer coincidence. So I'm a fan of this, this band, guys. Um, Russian circles. They're not from Russia. And it's kind of shit like when you, if you're on Spotify and you go to search for Russian circles, you get halfway through the word Russian and it comes up with a notification like, uh, are you looking to try and find information on the Ukraine war? Like, ah, uh, damn it. I, I hope what's going on over there in uh, fucking that part of Eastern Europe has not affected people's uh, opinions of fucking Russian circles. Because I don't think they have much to do with Russia. They're not Russian. But Russian circles, I don't know. I should look into why the fuck they call themselves that. Maybe I'll ask them. Maybe they'll get back to me. That'd be even cooler than just asking them, hey? Imagine an actual response from a band that you like if you ask them a question. Fuck, that'd be amazing, hey? By the way, if you've got any questions for me, I will respond to them. You can um, hit me up with a email or a Twitter or a fucking Instagram bullshit. All my details are in... The description of this podcast. Uh, I will respond. Um, but anyway, so they, they, they've finally released their fucking full album, and it's called Gnosis, which is the title of that um, single they released uh, last week. So now we've got the full fucking album, guys. And it is the heaviest Russian Circles album to date, by quite a bit. It's heavy. And I fucking enjoyed the shit out of it. Like, what I love about Russian Circles is that it is so obvious that this kind of music and the kind of spaces you find yourself in, maybe halfway through the song or towards the end of the song or whatever, you can't you can not create those spaces independent of a jamming environment. You just don't come up with that stuff. This stuff is all a result of, of jamming. You can just fucking feel it. Well, at least I do. And I could be wrong about that. I might be pulling a fucking Alex Jones on you. I don't know. It could be completely wrong. But to me... It feels like it all comes from an improvised space because it's weird that they find these weird places that make sense once they're there. And when you're there, you kind of lose track of how the fuck you got there. And that's the whole point of jamming, right? It's to lose yourself along the way and um, you know, have no direction. That's the best way to get somewhere you've never been. I'm sure that's a line from a movie somewhere or whatever. Uh, I can't remember it. The album's called Gnosis. I fucking loved it. Like I said, it's heavy as shit all the way through. Um, It's nice. But there was one particular song on the album that wasn't that heavy right at the end of the album. And I think it's my favorite from the album. But, you know, I'm probably on my third, fourth playthrough of this album. Probably more than that, if you count some of the singles and shit as well. Um, So that will change over time. Every good album should tickle your fancy differently over over time, right? If you have a, a favorite album, your favorite song on the album will change the more you listen to that album. And I'm hoping the same happens with this because when I first listened to it, I was like that fucking Gnosis song that we talked about last week, that, that was fucking my favorite. Second playthrough, hmm, what about this song? Fuck, And then third, fourth playthrough, this song, Bloom, it's called. It's the last song on the album. I think it's my favorite. It just sounds jammy, and to let you guys really know what I mean by that jammy space, this is a good example, because this song kind of evolves, kind of uh, just sits in weird, weird, weird pockets, and you can tell the drummer's sort of like hitting a groove that like, yeah, you know, I found this along the way, stumbled across this particular groove along the way, and it works, and it's fucking cool. So yeah, I've just noticed the time, I've been waffling way too much on this fucking podcast. I apologize for that. I normally try to keep them to a tight fucking 30, uh, but we're nearly double that now. Anyway, whatever. It counts as a bonus episode, I guess. The Alex Jones bonus episode where I def, fucking defender an asshole that's uh, caused so much grief to so many people's lives because of his, um, I don't know, retardation and fucking flamboyancy or whatever the fuck. So I'd apologize for that guys. I'm not a big fucking conspiracy right-wing fucking nut like Alex Jones. But I love having those people in the world. It makes it fun, doesn't it? So I'm going to leave you with a Russian Circle song. It's Bloom. It's a favorite song from the album. And it'll let you know that these guys are fucking jammy. They, they improv. They, they're, obviously, it's a three-piece instrumental band. So what else do you want? But this song, let me tell you about it. It's all about the textures. The chord textures. The, oh, just the guitar texture. The subtle melodies, the fucking use of space. Like, fucking love it. It's a great little track. It would only be made better if they were a four-piece with some vocals, maybe. I hate to be that guy to say it, but, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of instrumental music. Um, This is, like, fucking the only band that I like that's all instrumental, right? Uh, And I can't help thinking that they might be a little bit cooler and a little bit more well-known if they fill a little an extra pocket because there's some pockets that instruments can't fill and that's vocals we talked about this last week you can't add meaning to a note but words they can be pregnant with fucking concepts and meaning and shit so they might be at a next level imagine a russian circles with vocals in the future man that'd be fucking cool but who knows have to be a good fucking vocalist you don't want to fucking um, hire any old piece of shit to do that because you know it's good work anyway Have a great week, you guys. This song's called Bloom. Hit me up. All my details are in the fucking uh, description of this podcast. Take care now. Bye-bye then.